1: CyberBit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Meltdown and Spectre put the fear of hardware flaws into enterprises everywhere. No family of systems can be safely assumed to be immune. Most are positively identified as vulnerable. Proofs of concept show that remote attacks exploiting chip speculative execution features are feasible. Dinah Davis from codelikeagirl.io checks in. India's Athar National Identification Database is compromised. And cryptocurrency speculative mania continues. I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Friday, January 5th, 2018. Today's news continues to be dominated by the meltdown and Spectre bugs. Contrary to earlier reports, essentially all platforms are affected, not just those running on Intel processors. Most major vendors, including Microsoft, Intel, and Google, have fixes out, and others, including Apple, will release theirs soon. These can be expected to exhibit the usual fraction of unintended and unexpected consequences— Microsoft's Windows 10 update, for example, is reported to interfere with the functioning of some, but not all, antivirus products. The fixes will also generally have the effect of slowing down many processes. Individual and business internet users will probably see this manifested in the cloud services they use. Both Microsoft and Amazon say they've largely mitigated the security risks associated with the bugs. Performance issues are a work in progress. So how real is the risk? Mozilla, for one, has independently confirmed that both Spectre and Meltdown can be used via JavaScript, for example, to extract information from a CPU when the user visits a malicious website. So it turns out that both Spectre and Meltdown can indeed be exploited remotely by malicious code embedded in ordinary JavaScript files. Mozilla has itself issued an interim mitigation that involves a workaround. Since the side-channel attacks Spectre and Meltdown enable depend upon precise timing, They've reduced the precision of Firefox's internal timer. A full fix will be out with the next edition of Firefox. Microsoft has been out quickly with patches for both Edge and Internet Explorer. These appeared Wednesday as an out-of-band update for Windows. Google is getting ready to address the bugs in Chrome 64, expected to be out on January 23rd. But in the meantime, the company points out that users can protect themselves by enabling a new security feature that was incorporated into Chrome 63. That feature is strict site isolation. You'll find that it calls itself highly experimental, but Google encourages you to put strict site isolation in place. Apple systems had earlier been reported as immune to the bugs, but Apple has been quick to correct this misapprehension. All of their products, whether iOS or macOS, are also at risk. Cupertino has issued some mitigations already, and others are promised soon. The attention being paid to exploitation through the browser is no accident. If the bugs are to be remotely exploited, it's likely that attackers will do so in the ways Mozilla has outlined. It remains to be seen whether any exploitation that develops will be broadly executed or highly targeted, scattergun or rifle shot. U.S. CERT has decided that Spectre is too tough to deal with, and recommends replacement of effective CPUs. But industry has decided that's impractical and seems determined to continue patches and mitigations. Google's Project Zero researchers are widely credited with having discovered the bugs and quietly disclosed them to Intel at least late last summer. Indeed, Google deserves credit for the discovery, but there were other, roughly contemporaneous discoveries that should also be acknowledged. Cyberus Technology and the Graz Universe of Technology also found meltdown, Spectre is said to have other independent discoverers, too. The University of Pennsylvania, the University of Maryland, tech firm Rambus, the University of Adelaide, Graz University of Technology, again, and the independent security researcher Paul Coker. The bugs came to full public attention this week. Google had quietly disclosed them some months ago, but working on fixes inevitably involved bringing in a large number of developers and a number of companies, and that inevitably meant that the news was leaking out. A growing conviction that the leaks couldn't be contained apparently prompted the public disclosure. It also explains the partial preparation of the vendor fixes we're seeing this week. Some in the industry news, notably Ars Technica and TechCrunch, are noting that in November, Intel's CEO, Brian Kurzanich, sold the maximum number of shares permitted under company bylaws. This sale took place after Intel was notified of Meltdown Inspector but before the vulnerabilities were publicly disclosed. Intel says this was a mere coincidence and that the bugs were not a factor in Mr. Kurzanich's decision to sell. His sales were properly reported at the time to the Securities and Exchange Commission. There are a few other things going on in cyberspace this week. India's Adhar National Biometric Identification Database is said to have been breached, with access to its data for sale on the dark web for under $10. Athar has had its security issues before, but this latest appears close to a complete compromise, affecting more than a billion people. Several experts have noted that losing biometric data can be a serious matter indeed, and the Indian government clearly has its security work cut out for it over the next several months at least. And cryptocurrency is again in the news. Observers at Barron's and elsewhere goggle in disbelief at the more bullish projections of altcoin values. Criminals are also affected by the speculative market in Bitcoin, Rapid appreciation and volatility are driving them to alternative alt-currencies. But that hasn't taken the shine off the many chips in the old blockchain we're seeing these days. Facebook is expressing an interest in seeing what the technology can do for it, and there's another entrant into the field as well. Hooters, the American restaurant chain known for its buffalo wings, has introduced a cryptocurrency rewards program. They were perhaps inspired by our own favorite application of blockchain technology, the Vopper coin used in Russian Burger King franchises, where diners have for nearly a year been able to eat their way to flame-broiled riches. To learn why enterprises choose Sixth Sense, visit SixthSense.com. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Justin Harvey. He's the Global Incident Response Leader at Accenture. Justin, welcome back. Um, You know, as we head into this new year, into 2018, uh, what are you seeing that uh, you expect to be different from what we saw last year?
2: Well, actually, I think I'm going to take a. I think I'm going uh, t- to take a layup on this one, uh, Dave. <laughs> okay. um, I am going to go with my last couple years of predictions that have been turning out to be true every year. Number one, I think we're going to see a lot more leaked data. In years past, or in the last decade, up until two years ago, we were seeing the flavor of cyber attacks being really intellectual property-based, or nation-state secret-based, compromising defense industrial-based, compromising technology companies, and sucking out intellectual property. We're seeing a fundamental shift in the world today where it's now about the nature of the data. It is being leaked, it is being held hostage, it is being threatened, it's being ransomed. It seems like no one is safe behind this. So we're seeing this in the political spectrum, we're seeing it in uh, economic spectrum, and also for personal individual celebrities and and just regular people, their data is being either sold or it's being uh, leaked out into the open. With 2018 being a pivotal election year for the House and the Senate, I think that we're going to see more and more politically motivated cyber attacks against both parties. We mm-hmm. saw how it went down in, in 2016. So uh, I do believe, even <laughs> heck, even without any nation-state interference, I think uh, election hacking is here to stay and it will become more and more prevalent. My second uh, prediction is going to be around more and more uh, OT, operational technology attacks, and uh, which would also include more IoT. So anywhere where the digital or internet-connected devices can affect the real world, whether it be uh, your car, your fridge, your toaster, Mm. uh, a children's play toy, I think... uh, More and more adversaries will utilize these either through harnessing them through uh, uh, vulnerabilities and using them in massive DDoS-style attacks. I think that you're going to see more and more of these being uh, exploited to perhaps do spying on people or to get information out of the physical world. Um, And I think that that trend is here to stay for quite some time. Uh, I do believe that one of the key attributes to fixing this problem is through legislation and enforcement. So I think that from a legislation point of view, it's key that not only do we create regulations around IoT and OT, But also, we're prepared to enforce those regulations, which could have an adverse effect on markets and the economy. Since a lot of these IoT devices are coming in from overseas, from from the Asia-Pacific region, they're actually helping to fuel some of our economy. And then, pursuant to that, I do believe in standards bodies and being able to create some IoT standards. But... Standards are just that—they're standards. They're—they're they're not binding in any way. So I do believe that that Congress and and the government should look at uh, regulating and enforcing the security around these IoT devices.
1: All right, Justin Harvey, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? That's vanta.com slash cyber. My guest today is Dinah Davis. She's the founder of codelikeagirl.io and director of R&D at Arctic Wolf Networks. We check in from time to time to get the latest from codelikeagirl.io. Dinah Davis joins us from Ontario, Canada. So Code Like a Girl decided to sponsor InfoSec World, which is a conference coming up in March down in Florida at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Um, but there's there's sort of an interesting story here. Take us through uh, how did this come to be?
0: Yeah, so we've never sponsored a conference before. It's not even really something we were looking to do. Um, but I found this article um, in September this year and it like screamed, where are all my ladies in cybersecurity? And I'm like, hey, wait, I'm a lady in cybersecurity. I'm right here. What are you Hmm. talking about? It's written by this woman, Catherine, who is uh, building the programming for uh, the InfoSec World Conference itself. Uh, she worked really hard to try and get, you know, even amounts of, of speakers, male, female. Um, she did great with their keynotes. They even have a dog speaking. That's, you know, weird, but, okay. but very interesting. <laughs> it's like a cybersecurity sniffing dog. So I'm assuming the owner is actually talking, but, but, but it's kind of a nice play. Right. Um, their sessions also have a lot of women. However, for their presenters... Um, they only received 6% of submissions from women.
1: Hmm.
0: So for her to then try and make the sessions 50-50 is pretty much impossible, right? right. Um, they go through a normal vetting process. They would be favoring all the women who entered, which is not really what you want to do either. Right. Uh, what you want to do is really have, you know, more gender diversity on the submissions. Um, and so this whole article was just her expressing how frustrated she was that more women didn't apply and trying to figure out why didn't they apply and really it came down to you know a lot of women don't consider themselves good enough to do the talks or ready enough there isn't very many of us in cybersecurity, so we also have to have the time to do it and and she was just so disappointed by this and i i saw this article i was like oh man we have to have this article and then out of that she reached out to me and said hey maybe there's something we could do together. Like I can't change the lineup of presenters for this year, but maybe I can change the lineup of presenters for the following year. Hmm. What if we could get as many women as possible to come to the conference to see what we're about, to make sure that they they see that we're an inclusive conference and maybe then more will apply the following year. And so what we came up with was, was a bit of a partnership. So, um, they have given us a, a discount code, which you can, can go get at, at our website, uh, codelikegirl.io for 15% off the conference. I will be writing um, my review of the conference after I'm done. They're also going to be writing two articles of either the keynote p- women or potentially some of the panel speakers to try and highlight um, you know, the, the really amazing women that are at that conference. Us sponsoring it and having a discount code is really about trying to reach more women to try and get them to come to this conference. Because um, it's really good. The topics are really interesting. It's at Disney. So, you know, if you want to spend an extra weekend there, that's pretty fun too.
1: Yeah, plenty to do. Um,
0: for me, there's a big plus it's in Florida in March, and I live in Canada. So, that's, <laughs> you know, that's like right. maybe that's all that they really needed to do. Right.
1: To do that. It's interesting to me, in the past year, in 2017, in early 2017, I was at the Women in Cybersecurity Conference, and in interviewing a lot of the women there, there was something that came up time and time again, and that women told me was that they felt like things were getting better in the workplace in terms of uh, how they were being treated and uh, respected and paid and those sorts of things. They felt like there was really good momentum there, but they felt like the conferences were a place where this was lagging. Um, yeah. and, and, and so I'm curious on, on your take on that. I mean, a lot has happened in 2017. You know, we had things like the the Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, revelations and then yeah. the Me Too movement. So I think there's certainly been a light that's been shown on this issue. What is your sense as we come into this new year as to where we are, where people's sensibilities are?
0: Yeah, I I totally agree that we're doing way better with in the workplace. There is so much more awareness Uh, than last year at this time like just so much more Um, and that's really exciting for me because I think the more we talk about it the more the change will happen but I still think there's like so far to go Mm. to really create that change and have lasting change like it's really awesome that it's a forefront of discussion right now there's a lot of work we need to do uh, in many many areas um, pipeline is one. So getting more women to even consider careers in cybersecurity, we're really not going to fix the conference issue until we have more women to speak at it. And we have to encourage the women that are there to speak, that they are good enough to speak, and that they should be out there speaking at conferences and it's good for their career. So there, I mean, it's really multifaceted, but I think you know, I'm just seeing lots of positive momentum in the past year. So I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in 2018. Um, And if you are a guy on an all guy panel, you should maybe consider not doing the panel at a conference. So, and that's only going to get you positive votes from other women, tweet about it, share about it. Say you'll take leave your spot or ask them to make room for another spot that we bring on, you know a, a woman or a person of color. Um, you know, if it's all white men, that's kind of a problem. You're really only getting one type of perspective. And panels are most interesting when people have a lot of different perspectives. and that comes from different educational backgrounds, different genders and different different ways of growing up. Those are things you could do, like, don't accept the status quo if you're on one of those panels.
1: All right. Well, the conference is uh, coming up in March. It is uh, March 19th through the 21st. In Florida, it is InfoSec World. Dinah Davis, thanks again for uh, checking in. Uh, all your efforts at Code Like a Girl.
0: Thank
1: you. And that's the Cyberwire.